Welcome to Hebsey on Sports. Try to do that Toronto Mike style. Welcome <laughs> to episode number 171 of Hebsey on Sports. Mark Hepsher, Toronto Mike, here in the studio in Toronto Mike's studio, which is uh, subterranean and has excellent acoustics. <laughs> really good. If you want a, a, a totally soundproof room, you got to visit the, the cave down here, Toronto Mike Studios. Anyway, today on the show, a Canadian atop the leaderboard at Pebble Beach. A Canadian as part of one of the big trades in the NBA at the deadline. Canadian teams trying to qualify for the upcoming Tokyo Olympics. And so far, so good. Canadian women at the Fed Cup. But it doesn't look like Bianca's going to play and Jeannie's out and I don't know. We've got your defending NBA champions from Canada, by the way, looking for their 13th win in a row. I'll give you the lineups for the upcoming NBA All-Star Game. Should Major League Baseball allow Pete Rose back in, considering all the cheating that's been going on lately with the Houston Astros, and pretty soon they're going to nail the Boston Red Sox. And speaking of the Red Sox, are they out of their minds trading Mookie Betts? Are they crazy? That'd be like the Leafs trading Austin Matthews. And I guess anything can happen. <laughs> Lots of baseball talk, soccer, and more. But first, your Toronto Maple Leafs in the thick of the playoff race. And starting tonight... It's all about Soupy. No, not Ilya Mikhaev, the soup man. I'm talking about Soupy Campbell. I'm talking about a guy, any guy named Campbell, by the way, and this is Jack Campbell, the new superstar for the Leafs who happens to be a, back, a backup goalie who's right. pressed into a starter's role because starter's the Leafs don't have anybody. But any guy named Campbell, or girl for that matter, that played sports named Campbell, automatically your nickname is Soupy. It's an automatic. It's a slam dunk. Campbell because you can't call someone named Campbell Camby, right? You just can't. It just doesn't roll off the tongue. It's Soupy. So, so we're depending on Soupy, which means when Mikhaev comes back, he can't be the soup man anymore. He's got to be like the borscht man. Right, right. We have some just, changes to make. Just got some nicknames. You know, he walked in. I'm sure when he walked into the Leaf dressing room, hey, Soupy. It just had to be like that. Um, so, yeah, he's the new backup goalie because the old backup goalie couldn't stop a beach ball when he replaced the number one goalie who's got a neck injury that may or may not be long-term. I mean, this is just such a conundrum here. Freddie Anderson, you don't want to rush him back, but you need wins because you're in a playoff race, but you don't want to rush him back. It's a neck injury. He was on the ice yesterday at practice, but he was with the goalie coach. He was away from the other players. There was no, he didn't take any, I mean, he, he took some pucks shot at him, but, you know, not full-speed scrimmage or anything like that. So we don't know. For sure he's not going to play tonight. It's going to be Soupy Campbell. Right. Tomorrow night in Montreal, probably Soupy Campbell again. Don't know if the kids played back-to-back -back games before. And now he comes into the hothouse. The toughest media town in the world, according to the media here. The toughest. What are your thoughts on that? You, you remember this media. I laughed my ass off, okay? He's, <clears throat> he shows up. He does the big media scrum yesterday. And, you know, I haven't been. I don't know how many cameras there are. How many iPhones with recording things on. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how many people get credentials. I know that podcasters don't. No. Bloggers don't. You have to be a member of the mainstream media, which, which is like, you know, it's all this. It's, it's owned by the two companies. But that the own athletic them. does. The athletic so they've does. somehow managed to they do. Uh, get themselves in there. You, uh, there was an interesting, you tweeted about this and Gene Valitis. Yes. Uh, best known to many of our listeners as 50% uh, of the Jesse and Gene show. Right. Uh, he replied, all the tough media guys have been fired, or as their former employ employers call it, 
retired and are now either podcasting or in the process of reinventing themselves and about to reveal what's next. Podcasters don't go in the dressing rooms after the games. Not tough anymore in Toronto. Right. Well, the going into the dressing room thing is meaningless now. You're not getting anything in the dressing room, really. It's a pool feed. And by that, I mean the guy comes out to his locker or whatever, up to the podium, or with the Maple Leaf logo in the background, whoever their sponsor is, so that they get that screen time, right? And basically, that player's kind of got, you know, the deer in the headlights answering the questions, and nobody really wants to ask a tough question. So what happens is they allow the local guy. For example, um, at the Leaf practice, you know, Paul Hendrick is with Leafs TV. Leafs TV is an arm of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, Leafs TV his is checks Paul are Hendrick. signed by MLSE. It's not going to, Paul, and it, Paul's the nicest guy. And, and remember, and Paul is a journalist <clears throat> by nature. When he worked for CHCH TV, as a sportscaster, he was entitled to and did ask, you know, the tough questions when necessary. But his role is very different. And so are most of the reporters that are covering these uh, scrums and interviews and stuff like that. So um, yesterday at the thing, some and I, I don't know whose voice it was. It might have been Paul Hendricks. Well, what do you think of coming to such a tough, intense media town? You know, it's sort of the media patting themselves on the back. We're tough. We eat our young, stuff like that. Let me tell you, folks, it's not. Toronto is not tough at all. Philadelphia, that's a tough media town. You screw up in Philadelphia, you're, you, they run you out of town on a rail. You screw up in New York, they run you out of town on a rail. In fact, most cities are like that. And I got to tell you something. Toronto's no different than any other Canadian city when it comes to hockey. You think there's less intense pressure in Vancouver? There may be less members of the media that are given credentials to go into the locker room. Right. Or to go, not into the locker room necessarily, because a lot of times it just happens outside the locker room at a staging area. But I mean, you think it's any different in Winnipeg? You don't think Winnipeg fans and Winnipeg media are just as intense when it comes to... Um, you know, speculation and crucifying. It's, it's the same. Edmonton, Calgary, Ottawa, Montreal, way worse than Toronto. Way worse in two languages. <laughs> way worse. <laughs> so this idea that Toronto, all Toronto has is volume. The sheer numbers of members of the media that reside here and cover Leaf practices and Raptors and Blue Jays, you know, there's just sheer numbers because we're the biggest city in Canada and we're the center of the media. But that doesn't mean that the members of the media here are necessarily more critical uh, than those of other towns. We're not. It's just lots of us. It's like, geez, Christ, look at all these cameras. Holy cow. It's Wait, a, it's sure, it's more than Winnipeg. Of course, it's more than any American city. Of course it is. We live, breathe, drink, eat the Leafs. Don't tell me that people in Vancouver aren't just as in love with the Vancouver Canucks or people in Calgary right. don't love their flames because that's nonsense. Or any other city with any other team. You think Philadelphia basketball fans are less intense than Raptor fans? Come on. You think the Philadelphia the Philadelphia media will eat you alive when you listen to the talk shows? The talk show's here in Toronto. Come on. It's all namby-pamby stuff. When McCown was at his prime, he could rip their throats out. But eventually, the company he worked for... We're partners with the teams, with, and it just made it more difficult. It's, it, it, it's hard to do nowadays. Right. It's hard to do. So anyway, minutes after losing to the New York Rangers the other night, Kyle Dubas, general manager and boy wonder of the Toronto Maple Leafs, made the deal he should have made months ago. Months, years ago. He went out and got a serviceable, serviceable backup goalie to replace frail Freddie Anderson 
who it seems can't go a couple of games. Oh, he's hurting. He's hurt. And I've been saying for how many years? The guy's going to be a puddle of sweat by the time the playoffs come along. You've got to have a backup goalie. They had Curtis McElhaney a couple years ago. But no, no, no. Dubas wanted Garrett Sparks. Because Garrett Sparks was the American Hockey League goalie of the year the year before that. He's a young guy. He wanted Garrett Sparks as the backup. How'd that work out? McElhaney goes on waivers. He was pretty good for the two years that he was the backup to uh, Freddie Anderson. I think anyway. So right ever since then, Dubas has had problems. Is this guy the answer? Is he the solution? No. No, no, not even close. And what? And let me ask you a question. Name me the last time the Leafs or any other team acquired a backup goalie and there was so much hubbub. A backup goalie. Oh, and along with, and along with <laughs> Darren Poopa in the Grant Fear deal. Dave, Dave right. Andrichuk came in that deal. That's right. I see, know. That that's, a, the, that's my joke. See, when, that's right. The centerpiece <laughs> of a deal should never be the backup goalie. But when the other guy in the deal is a guy who scores four goals a year, Kyle Clifford. Right. I mean, the fact that Kyle Clifford's been playing all these years is a miracle to me. He's a fine fourth line, sit in the press box once in a while. The guy has 60 goals in 660 NHL games. You figure that one out. But anyway, but anyway, and I haven't heard anything about Michael Hutchinson. Has anyone tried to interview Michael? Has anyone found Michael Hutchinson? Because back in the old days, I hate to say it, Mm -hmm. somebody would have found Michael Hutchinson somewhere and said, what do you think about being, what do you think about being the GOAT? What do you about, what do you think about being the pinata for Maple Leaf fans and media? That the backup goalie is the reason that the Leafs aren't in in a playoff position. Got nothing to do with Austin Matthews. He's got 40 goals or whatever. Nothing to do with any of these other guys. Oh, we've got problems on defense. It's the back, it's the last line of defense. This is how well the Leafs play with Freddie Anderson in goal. And this is how well the Leafs play with who, choose your backup goalie other than Curtis McElhaney. And you can go back over all the years. Go all the way back to Damian Rhodes. Go back to go back to Jerry McNamara, Bruce Gamble. Go ahead. It's a backup goalie. Come on. I mean, unless you've got a 50-50 split with your goalies, which some teams do, and it works out very well. Reggae Vester? <laughs> I want to tell you, if each of those guys was a couple of years older when he came up to the Leafs and didn't play for such a porous team, they might have both been much better. I mean, Ken Reggett ended up being a pretty damn good goalie. Yeah, in Pittsburgh, yeah. And Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, so that's another story. So Jack, so Jack Campbell. So you're going, Jack Campbell? Not the Jack Campbell. Yeah, Soupy, 28 years old from Port Huron, Michigan, was previously acquired by Kyle Dubas when the latter was the GM of the Sioux Greyhounds. Back in 2011, Dubas gave up two players and six draft picks to Windsor in order to get Campbell, and and the Sioux still missed the playoffs. (laughs) So now he's acquiring Campbell here as the centerpiece of a deal, and what if they miss the playoffs? What that, if they miss the playoffs? Like, how much that is uh, nah, is on Dubas for not having a proper if, backup? If the Leafs miss the playoffs this year, it's over. They're done. What do you all mean? All those moves, Babcock getting fired, all done. But the core comes back next year for another go. Are you kidding me? You're not making the playoffs this year, and you're going to try to sell that routine to your fans? Well, this was their year they were going to win the division, Mike, and get home ice advantage, not scramble, maybe get into the playoffs. Now, having said that, they could barely get into the playoffs, win a couple of rounds. You just never know. But has they he, could gel in April. Let's say because there's a good chance we uh, miss the playoffs. Let's say we miss the playoffs. Oh, now, now, now you're not on that. Remember, I told no, you. No, I said fifty-fifty. Okay, so, so that no, means I a good no. chance you miss the playoffs. So right, you, you know, right. Matthews, Marner, Nylander, uh, Morgan, Riley. No. Uh, you know, you he's know, hurt. but all yeah, these Cody guys. Cece, he's hurt. 
Fine, but all these guys. Trevor Moore traded. <laughs> Mikhailov hurt. But the core comes back next year. Yeah, but your core so is who's only done. But your core is only four guys, five guys. Oh, yeah, five guys. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, like who's your core? Matthews, Marner, Nylander, oh, you Tavares, get Tavares, of course, and Riley and Anderson. Okay, so there's okay. your there. That's it. Okay, but that's your core. But I right just wonder there. what you meant when you said Anderson hurt, Riley hurt, Matthews terrific at home. Yeah, I don't know so much about the score road. fifty this year. Marner fabulous hockey player, sublime. Tavares, you know, not playing well at home this year. Fans not happy with him. Uh, Nylander, oh, Nylander scored again. Yeah, but have they been winning those games? I mean, are these guys contributing to victories? Or are they just, I mean, hel- helping the cause, you know, you know, for the loss? I mean, is it, a, is it a wash with these guys? As good as they are offense, oh, they could score anytime they want to score. That's great. But if but they, they miss the playoffs, the puck out of their own net? what do you mean by done? I guess that's my question. What I mean, do you I mean think, they're done? I think, uh, I, think they, uh, I think the board has to ser- seriously consider their uh, upper management. I don't think Kyle Dubas is going to be around for much longer. You, you might have to eat that, that contract. Wow. Okay. Well, I, well you tell I mean, me they missed the playoffs, all that firepower, going, getting all those players, making all those deals because they've been keep getting knocked out in the first round and they're not even going to make it this year. I mean, you, what kind of a tough media town could Toronto be? Okay. If the Leafs miss the playoffs, all bets off. I want to see scathing stuff in the media because the organization would deserve it. But that's still a way away. A way sure, away. This is all a way Let's away. Let's just but see. And listen, you, you can't. You've got to give Dubas one injuries season with was one, Injuries was something that you can't, you, you, you can't predict them. But to not have a serviceable backup in the National Hockey League, to be afraid for your coach, coaches, both Babcock and Dubas uh, and uh, um, Sheldon Keefe, to be afraid to play the backup. And then to worry and then to risk injury on Freddie Anderson because you're overplaying the guy. Oh, my God. My God. And Kyle Clifford. Great. Two Stanley Cup wins. You know, great guy in the locker room. I like hearing that. Great guy in the locker room. Both of them. <laughs> great guys in the locker room. Yeah, okay. Show me Show me tonight. Starting tonight against the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, who are tired. They played in Montreal. They went to overtime and lost last night. Okay? They got to get, get here in a snowstorm. They're going to be whacked. The Leafs have got an extra day of rest. They got, they're starting this guy, Soupy Campbell, number 36. Okay, Kyle Clifford, number 73, two-time Stanley Cup champion. Let's go, Leafs, let's go. Uh, and the Leafs caught another break last night because Florida got beat 7-2 by Vegas. Uh, so there's still one point back of the Panthers in the division. Florida has one game in hand. It'll be two games in hand after tonight. So if the Leafs can win tonight, they'll jump ahead of Florida. Woo-hoo. But then Florida will have two games in hand. Mike, Mike, did you know that the Maple Leafs had only one player, Wilf Paymont, who wore 99, uh, to wear a number higher than 40 until eight, 1989? No Leaf player except for Wilf Paymont wore a number higher than 40. Wow. Until 1989. I was Paul, thinking of Alexander Gudinyuk, but he's a, I guess he's early 90s. Uh, he is early 90s. Uh, Paul Gagne in 1989 wore number 41. Wow. For his brief stint with the Maple Leafs. I remember interviewing uh, between periods of a game when I was the games were on Global. <laughs> so I was thinking about that because you've got all these big numbers. Now everybody's got a big number because every all the low numbers are retired. When's the time going to come where they're going to start to retire 73, 48, 65, you know, like in football, right? But in hockey, it's all the low numbers. Right. All these low numbers are being retired. Except 99 and 66. And why? How come no one's wearing and four? How come no one's wearing four on the Leaf defense? Four. Who was the last guy to wear four? 
How good a number could four be? Red Kelly wore four, but so did Dave Ellett wore four. Right, yeah. So did Rick Lands wore four. <laughs> so why why are they holding back four? Anyway, Toronto Raptors, sorry, second best team in Toronto, really, when you think about it. They've only won 12 in a row, <laughs> and they're not, they're not uh, top, uh, top story material on this podcast. <laughs> Interesting. Because- I feel awful about this. I mean, like, well, I got to leave it. Yeah, but the Leafs are playing tonight. Well, so are the Raptors playing tonight. Yeah, but the Leafs may- just made a trade, and everyone's talking about the Leafs. And the Raptors, man, that win the other night. Okay, they scored the last 11 points and beat the Pacers by one on a Serge Ibaka three-pointer. Come on. That somebody had the odds. The odds were 0.00003% wow. that they would win when they were down by 10 with 230 to go. Like wow. 0. 000. <laughs> but, but those are the best, right? Once in a while you get a steal like that and it just feels like right. like a like a bonus. That's just especially because it was a franchise record 12th win in a right. row. Like right. to do it that way is incredible. Now I think they're going to lose tonight to, in Indiana. Indiana Indiana just they, they suffered like can you imagine uh, Indiana blew that game. It's not it's not as much the Raptors surge back to win it. I mean, they blew the game. They had a 10-point lead with 2 minutes and change to go. And they didn't score a point in the last two minutes, and Raptors scored 11. So they will be seeking revenge. Revenge in the Hoosier State tonight. So I'm going to say that the Raps' uh, winning streak will end at 12 tonight. And maybe it's a good thing. Mike, I had said this before. The last thing I want is for my team to be on a 25-game winning streak going into the playoffs. Because inevitably, you're going to lose. And you might lose three in a row. You You could lose four in a row. It's possible. But it's just win, 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 and win. You're down by 30, you come back and win. Okay, you're up, what you're was up a better by, you're comeback? Up, you're up by 30. No, no, wait. Oh, you're up sorry. by 30, yeah. and then you blow that lead, and then you come back and win? I mean, there's all <laughs> kinds of ways to win and lose in the NBA. I just saw on Periscope somebody wondered, what's the biggest comeback? What was the bigger comeback? The 30 points yeah. deficit or the one? The oh, no, the one game. the other night. No, no. The 30 points, they had lots of time. They had tons, and they had, set, they had 100 more possessions to have. When there's only two and a half minutes to go, there's only so many possessions you're going to get. There's only so many times you're going to get the ball. They scored like on every one. They outscored them 11 nothing. That's and a match. And the key steal by Siakam at the end there, yeah. too. Like there's a oh, lot. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. But yeah. if I would have told you that in the, uh, whatever it was, in the third quarter, a team down by 30 has less of a chance, no. They've got more of a chance because they have many more opportunities to score and for the other team to not score. So 30 points was nice, but not 30 points with like six minutes to go in the game. That would have been amazing. Right. But down by 10. Fabulous. So tonight in Indiana, um, and yeah, I mean, go Raptors, go. And and go Masai Ujiri, go. I like this guy, but apparently so does everybody else. Of course they of do. Course. This guy plays, his, I mean, this guy is Teflon man. I mean, he could do no wrong. No charges laid against him in Golden State, apparently after he pushed the security guard, after they won the championship. The guy has, he's like butter. So the immediate question is if and when Masai Ujiri will sign a new deal with the Toronto Raptors. Does he want to? Does he want to stay in Toronto? Does he want to win more championships here? Or is he going, oh, my, my time is done here. My work is done here. I'll play out my contract, which ends at the end of next year. And then I'll check out uh, my possibilities in the summer of 2021. For now, it uh, doesn't look like he's going to be a New York Nick because that job is going to go to a guy named Leon Rose, who was a player agent and, uh, Will looks like he's going to be uh, crowned the new president and, I don't know, whatever other title he's going to get for the right. New York Knicks, working for that goofy organization there. But let's face it, if you want to keep the best executive in the NBA right now, okay, and you want to win multiple titles, put up or shut up. 
offer him a deal. I don't know if they've offered him or not. I don't know. And Masai's the type of guy to go, you know what? I don't even want to talk about an extension. Sure. Uh, let me let me do my work here. And then and then when the time comes, when we come close to expiring, then maybe I'll expire. But for now, I got work to do. So you got to like him for that. Let's get that second seed in the East. Second seed? Let's get the first seed in the East. <laughs> Is that possible? Nah, it's <laughs> unlikely. It's unlikely. So, um, and in case you, I mean, you know, we know that he's the defending champion, um, general manager, but this is the seventh straight season where the Raptors are going to be in the playoffs. Seven years in a row. Can the Leafs say that? No. Blue Jays say that? No. Seven years in a row in the playoffs. Pretty good. But we don't know what will make Masai Ujiri happy. We, we don't know. We, you know, it would be nice to say, to think that he wants to win five, six, seven championships more in Toronto, and he can do it. And he's got the he's got the ownership on his side, but I don't know because MLSE board is going to change, isn't it? I mean, guys are guys are uh, retiring, uh, seats are becoming open. You know, I don't know enough about uh, corporate uh, backroom uh, finagling, but I do know you got to have people on your side. And maybe Masai wants like just a ton of money, and they don't want to pay him that. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is this. Um, the Raps host Brooklyn tomorrow night. They're in Indiana tonight. They host Brooklyn tomorrow night. And we all remember what Masai Ujiri said about Brooklyn when we played them in the playoffs, right? Fuck Brooklyn. That's what that's what he said. If we can win tonight, which we can, right? Again, oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, we could, I think uh, we could go for 17. I think the next uh, few are uh, heavily Raptors are favored in the next bunch. Please. So we can go 17 in a row. You're not looking that far ahead. Because when all is said and done, Mike. It's not, not that far. Not one. When the, when the Raptors won the championship last year, nobody said, hey, remember when they won 12 in a row back in? No. No. But no. it's fun. It's nice. It's fun. It's great. It's fun to win. It's fun to win, and I and, do want the second seed in the East. And if yeah, and if they let me, if they do win seventeen in a row, they'll they'll be the lead story on the. Um, yeah, it depends what the Leafs do. Apparently, uh, so. yeah. Well, you know, Leafs you know, still number one, right? All those years not winning a championship. Some big deals at the NBA trade deadline: Canadian Andrew Wiggins, who's not going to play for this country, and. You know, Olympic qualifying. Uh, he was the number one overall pick back in 2014. Remember? Of course. Well, he was traded by the Minnesota uh, Timberwolves to Golden State in exchange for D'Angelo Russell. Warriors also get a 2021 protected first round pick and a 2021 second round pick. And they'll send Jacob Evans and Omar Spellman to the Timberwolves. Other deals in, at this was the NBA trade deadline, three o'clock. Did you have any analysis on that? Because uh, Wiggins <clears throat> and a local yeah, boy. Yeah, Wiggins never, ever reached the uh, heights that they thought he would as the number one overall pick. I mean, look, it's a blessing and it's a curse. The curse is that you're, you can never, as the number one overall pick, live up, especially in a franchise. Well, that, some guys I do. I believe won one playoff series his whole time there in six years. One? Oh, I think <clears throat> one series or one game. Yeah, no, you're right. One playoff game. That's right. right they didn't right, win right. a series. Right. <clears throat> not at all. But and, there, there are some number one picks who do live up, but uh, yeah. Wiggins has not. But it's, uh, you know, I think it's good for him to get a, right. you know, a new, uh, new fresh start, as I say. Now, are you aware that, uh, and this is an Olympic year, are you aware that Andrew Wiggins' mom, uh, hell, uh, set a record that, uh, uh, that, that, that was in existence for 84 years, an Olympic record for Canadians. She won two Olympic medals on the same day in track and field. I had no idea. Like Marita Payne is uh, Andrew Wiggins' mom, a uh, track star, um, a sprinter and a middle sprinter in middle distance. I'm thinking, I think in 200 and 400 meters. Um, and of course his dad is, um, um, uh, Mitchell Wiggins, who was a uh, very uh, f famous and infamous NBA player. 
So he comes from good stock. So yeah, his mom was Marita Payne. In the 1984 Los Angeles Olympics, she won two bronze medals uh, in the two, two relay races. Um, and she was the first Canadian in 84 years to win two Olympic gold medals uh, in track and field on the same day. Wow. Yeah, the first was George Orton in 1900. Never heard of him. Yeah. That's right. The greatest athlete you've never heard of. Yeah, so I thought I'd throw that in there. So Wiggins comes from good stock. From good stock, we know that. But, uh, uh, you know, I guess kind of cursed as the number one overall pick in 2014. And then, uh, and he was drafted by Cleveland. And, of course, never played for Cleveland. Was uh, uh, shipped to Minnesota in the deal for Kevin Love. And then just, you know, languished in Minnesota. So now he gets a chance with Golden State, although this year's a write-off. They're going to finish, like, dead last. Right. But in the future, when uh, Steph and uh, Clay Thompson and, you know, comes back, and who knows? Who knows how good they can be? Um, so he goes to uh, Golden State. Other deals include the Miami Heat getting Andre Iguodala in a deal with the Memphis Grizzlies. He's going to sign a two-year extension worth $30 million, and he makes the Heat a legit contender in the East, as if they're not already. They make them a better team. That's bad news for Toronto. Andre Drummond appears headed for the Cavs from the Detroit Pistons. Marcus Morris goes from the Knicks to the Clippers in a three-team deal also involving the Wizards. Houston gets Robert Covington from Minnesota. Boy, Minnesota just tearing their team apart. Uh, and Atlanta gets Clint Capella from Houston in a four-team deal also involving Denver. Twelve players changing hands at that one. And the best uh, that I saw on Twitter was Ennis Cantor, who thought he might be traded. And he uh, kept the camera on the uh, clock as it wound down to 3 o'clock. And then as soon as 3 o'clock Eastern came, he went running out onto the practice court going, woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo, I haven't been traded. It's pretty funny stuff. That's pretty good. Meanwhile, the lineups and rosters are finally set for the 2020 NBA All-Star Game that will play out next weekend in Chicago. Ladies and gentlemen, the starting lineup for Team Giannis, Captain Giannis, Antikatumpo. Also, Yoel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers. Pascal Siakam of the Toronto Raptors. Kemba Walker of the Boston Celtics. Trey Turner of the Atlanta Hawks. Those are your starters. Rest of the team, Chris Middleton of the Milwaukee Bucks. Bam Adebayo sorry, of Miami Heat. Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz. Jimmy Butler of the Heat. Kyle Lowry, his name spelled L-O-W-E-R-Y, which is wrong, boy. Right. Come on, you can't misspell the name of Kyle Lowry. He's an NBA champion, <laughs> six-time All-Star, Lowry. <laughs> Brandon Ingram of the New Orleans Pelicans and Donovan Mitchell of the Utah Jazz. Team LeBron? Well, let's see, LeBron, the first guy he drafted, of course, was Anthony Davis, his teammate. So he's in the starting lineup, along with his guy Kawhi Leonard, also uh, from Los Angeles, but of the Clippers. Luka Doncic of the uh, Dallas Mavericks and James Harden of the Houston Rockets are your starters. Pretty good team. Yeah, not bad. Damian Lillard <laughs> of Portland, Ben Simmons of Philly, uh, Nikola Jokic of uh, Denver, Jason Tatum of the Celtics, Chris Paul of Oklahoma City, Russell Westbrook of Houston, and Domantas Sabonis of the Indiana Pacers. Uh, and there are your starters and reserves for the 2020 NBA All-Star Game next weekend in Chicago. In baseball, Mookie Betts is not yet officially an L.A. Dodger. There's a holdup with the medical of uh, one of the other players involved in this deal with the Red Sox in Minnesota. Uh, word has it that the Red Sox now might want to restructure the deal because one of the players in the deal um, who is supposed to be a starting pitcher is now projected to be a relief pitcher and is therefore less valuable, all this other bullshit. So it's all holding up this deal. A monster okay. deal. That everyone wants to complete. 
Uh, the Angels uh, want to get uh, had a deal for Jock Peterson, the LA outfielder, but the Dodgers can't trade Peterson to LA to the Angels yet until they know for sure that they're going to get Mookie Betts. So it's right. all it's still you know being worked on. Now, as far as I'm concerned, I'm a Red Sox fan. Mookie's gone. He's not coming back. The deal's not going to be uh, you know. Uh, Kiboshed or whatever. Right. So no. if I'm a Red Sox fan, I'm killing myself here. You got the second best player in all of baseball next to Mike Trout. In his absolute prime, 27 years old? Why? Why would you not? I don't care how much he wants. You got your owner, John Henry's worth billions of dollars. If I'm a Red Sox fan, I'm hanging myself. I'm looking at the World Series this year and for years to come. Locking up Mookie Betts, having this great team. And now you trade this guy? Do they not want to win a World Series? They, they could have built a dynasty. I don't understand how you could trade. I don't believe ever before in the history of sport has a player in his prime. Wayne Gretzky. At this age. At this age been traded. How old was Gretzky in 88? I don't know. Okay, but around there. Okay. Yeah, you're right. He was. Okay. He was that age. Okay. I mean, and that was, that was like, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> So what what are they thinking? Is it uh, just okay? With firstly, as a Jays fan, uh, screw the Red Sox. Like, uh, yeah, get Mookie out of here. This is good for us, right? Yeah, but come on, you're a Red Sox. I mean, what would the equivalent be of Toronto? It would have been what of us trading? I Pascal Siakam. Same thing, right? MVP candidate, most improved player, uh, has come into his own, young. Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's right? the closest. To... And, and 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 Mookie was the. But actually, in a couple was the of years, American maybe, League MVP. Like, well, right. right. So right. yeah, it's Pascal in a year or two from now. Right. I mean, Mookie's the uh, was the defending was the American League MVP in 2018. This guy's fantastic. Why would you trade this guy? I, I don't get it. I, I just I'm I'm gobsmacked. Gobsmack. Do you have the rest of the deal there? Uh, oh, I don't. Okay, because I, I know David Price is in there. Oh, yeah, David Price. But David Price has 90-some-odd million left on his contract, too, which the Dodgers could eat. And there's another pitcher whose name I can't remember and an outfielder that's going to Boston. I can't remember Quite the, the deal. Uh, let's hope it I goes know. through. <laughs> but, geez, why would you? Like, I just cannot believe that. It would be like the, it would be like the Angels trading uh, Mike Trout, I guess. And, you yeah. know? Yeah, I'm trying to think now. My brain's just trying to think It would think be like of, the Clippers uh, trading Kawhi now. <laughs> right. What? What did you do? You just got him. I don't know. Because it, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. And and again, I mean, offer the guy, except pay the guy. Oh my God, you got a great and and he's been with the organization. You've watched this guy grow up in your organization to become a superstar player, and now you're trading him. And, and you've got the wealthiest owner in the world. This guy not only does he own the Red Sox, he owns Liverpool in the uh, in the um, EPL, right? English Premier League. This guy's worth like thirteen billion or whatever. It's not like he's only worth a billion, one or two billion. Oh my God. Unbelievable. Pete Rose applied for reinstatement to Major League Baseball, arguing that his lifetime ban from the league for gambling on baseball games was not a, quote, proportional response. Proportional. Like, come on, you're kicking me out for life and these guys get to walk? Okay. Representatives for the all-time hits leader cited the recent uh, sign-stealing scandal that engulfed numerous players in clubs, including the 2017 World Series champion Houston Astros uh, and the aforementioned Boston Red Sox. And there's going to be a decision that's going to come down very soon that's going to whack the Red Sox pretty good. Maybe that's why they got rid of Mookie Betts. They're worried they're going to get fined $50 million, although that's a drop in the bucket for the owner. But anyway, so well, let's get back to Pete Rose for a second here. Relative 
to the discipline imposed by Major League Baseball in 1989 to Rose. 1989 was when Commissioner Bart Giamatti, right. the father of the actor, um, late father of the actor Paul Giamatti, uh, banned Rose for life for gambling. Even though Rose said, I only bet on my own team, and there was nothing to prove that he didn't. He lied about it, number one. He had a chance to come clean, and he didn't. He continued to lie, even though there was overwhelming evidence that he bet on baseball. Now, you're going to get people that are going to go, oh, he only bet on his own team. I mean, come on. It didn't have any impact on the outcome of any games. Mike, I disagree. As manager of the Cincinnati Reds, Rose would manipulate a particular game in which he had a bet on, perhaps using a player he wouldn't ordinarily use because he had a bet on, on the Reds, right? Sacrificing future games to win that game that he had a bet on. Right. The next day, perhaps he doesn't bet on the Reds because he knows they're weakened because they won the day before or utilized certain players. Now, here's what it comes down to, and this is why he got banned for life. Once the bookies realized that Rose wasn't betting on the Reds that particular day, that they were weakened, that he, a degenerate gambler, wasn't betting on his own team, they went out and made a fortune betting on the other team. And this is where the problem is. Just because you only bet on your own team and you're the manager and you can manipulate, once you don't place a bet on your team, you're basically saying, I'm not confident they're going to win. And I have the ultimate control. In other words, if I don't have a bet on my team and I'm losing 7-3 to three in the sixth inning, uh, maybe I'm not so fast to put in my pinch hitter or not so fast to uh, put in a relief pitcher or let, maybe let my starter give up a few more runs because I'm saving my guys for tomorrow when maybe I will make a bet on them. 100% right. And it, essentially, uh, gambling on uh, betting on baseball when you're in the game is the third rail. Like that's the third rail. It, the fact he bet on his own team, you're, like you just explained so eloquently there is uh, irrelevant. Uh, it's a, it's the third rail. Once you touch it. Yeah. yeah. You're hundred percent right. Absolutely. Canada's uh, Oh, hang on a second. Hank Aaron. So he's on the today show yesterday and they ask him, they say, what do you think about all this? You know, Houston Astros stuff and uh, you know, the sign stealing and the cheating. And he says that he thinks that every Astro from that 2017 should be banned for life. Now, Aaron felt that the punishment dealt to Pete Rose back in 89 was just when he was banned for life. We're talking about the integrity of the game. And Hank Aaron, a proud member of baseball's Hall of Fame, does not want to see the game that he... Now, the, the weird thing here is, mm -hmm. is that Aaron is okay with those who, who took steroids. He, he's he, You know what I mean? He doesn't feel they should be uh, banned from the Hall of Fame or whatever. He feels that they should be on the ballot, and they are, and they, and you know, if possible, should be voted in. Uh, and the weird thing about that is I believe that Hank Aaron felt that even during his time, there were guys who would take stuff. You take amphetamines, right? But, but that wasn't, you know, I mean, it, it made you more alert, but he didn't consider that to be performance-enhancing, mm. which is a pretty loose term when you think about it, right? Mark McGuire still had to hit that ball, right? Right? Did the performance-enhancing drugs help his uh, hand-eye coordination? Did they make him more alert, or did they just make him stronger so he could hit that ball over the wall? Right. So there's more of a gray area there. So, but anyway, Hank Aaron basically saying, look, Pete Rose should be banned for life, and, and so should the members of the 2017 Houston Astros. And remember, not one player was implicated. The only one was Carlos Beltran, who had ended up not getting the job with the Mets uh, as a manager. So really, all these players 
They all cheated. They were all aware of it, and they should all be banned, and the Houston Astros 2017 World Series title should have an asterisk next to it or should be taken right out of the record books. I think we agree that uh, this is a two wrongs don't make a right situation here in that, yes, they have under... Underdisciplined is that a term? They've underdisciplined dis- the Astros. Not disciplined. <laughs> well, They've not yes. been disciplined. And and we're done. Like I keep thinking. No, no, that, no. So uh, here's what should happen: is every Houston Astros player that comes up to the plate or comes to the mound that was on that 2017 team, they should all be identified, maybe with little patches on their uniforms. I was oh, a, scarlet letter. I was yeah. I was a member of the 2017 Astros, and they should be roundly booed by fans. Oh, I thought you were going to give them a cheaters, strike. Like cheaters, they, cheaters, like that kind of thing. They start 0-1 every time they come to That's not, You know what? Game. Something like that. Yeah, some little <laughs> black mark against them, okay? Something to d- designate. Like, you know, like uh, like you've got five fouls already. The next one, you're out. Right. Some Something whereby any transgression by any of these players, I'm talking arguing balls and strikes, I'm talking looking sideways at the um, anything like that, and you're gone, Okay. <laughs> You slime buckets, you cheaters. You cheaters. Wow. And take off your 2017 World Series ring. I don't want to see it. It means nothing to me. Canada's women's basketball team survived a real scare yesterday. The game was on CBC, on the national network yesterday afternoon. CBC. So on the television, not on just CBC the streaming. On CBC television. Coast to coast. Good. No Justin and whatever. No, I don't know what the shows are on CBC during the day. Pokeroo. Whatever the I don't think so. They wiped out. <laughs> they took TVO. whatever their main schedule is in the Coronation Street, right, yes. whatever. Right. Whatever their shows are on the main network, and said, "Nope, we're showing basketball from from Belgium, Canada, trying to qualify for the Olympics this summer, of which CBC is covering a good deal of." Now, I saw the panel. It was Andy Petrillo uh, and a couple of ex basketball players, uh, Bev Smith, and I, oh, I can't think of the other one. Anyway. But what happened was they threw to the arena in Belgium and I did not recognize the name of the uh, announcer Mm -hmm. or the color uh, announcer. Now, Andy Petrillo mentioned their names throwing back to them, but I didn't catch it. It was too fast. Now let's join in Belgium. So I'm listening to these two voices. I don't know who they are. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're Canadian or rooting for Canada, who they're there with. Are they part of the world They could have been freelancers that were there. Or are they on DAZN because DAZN had the rights to it because you could see the DAZN bug as well. CBC bug in the upper right corner and the DAZN logo in the lower right-hand corner. Anyway. So they had some kind of partnership there. Exciting as hell. Olympic qualifying tournament in Belgium. And we're taking on the Belgians. Kia Nurse had a game-high 19 points for Canada, added two rebounds, three assists, and three steals as we squeaked out a 61-56 win. Ooh, uh, that was a great way to start the tournament and a great team win, said Kia Nurse. The morale was extremely high, the passion, the excitement to be here, being in this position, to have opportunity to do something special to get to Tokyo. Hani Mesdags, three-pointer for Belgium with 2.05 to go in the fourth, cut Canada's lead to 58-56 and got the vocal sellout crowd in Ostend, Belgium, roaring. I'll bet. Man, no kidding. Chance to beat Canada? Uh, but Canada prevent, prevented the Belgians from scoring for the remainder of the game, and Kayla Alexander hit two free throws with 10 seconds to go to all but cement the win. So Canada now faces Sweden. That's tomorrow, Saturday, before taking on Japan Sunday. A win over Sweden will clinch an Olympic berth for Canada. How good is Sweden? Well, let's put it this way. Japan just beat them 75-54. I think the Canadians can knock off Sweden in Belgium to go to the Olympics. 
All right? Woohoo! And that's just one of our women's teams going to uh, the Olympics. The other one that should get in, uh, and it's going to take place tonight, Canada's women's soccer team, led by Christine Sinclair and her 186 career goals. Wow. Which is a record. Uh, needs only to beat Costa Rica tonight to qualify for the Olympics. Costa Rica. Okay? Tiny little nation in Central America. Is that also, is that like Costa Rica? Or is it, uh... Costa Rica. <laughs> right. So if you're worried that Costa Rica is a giant killer, Canada is 13-0 all time against Costa Rica. Uh, the semifinal match goes tonight in Los Angeles, uh, where the home of the LA Galaxy is, and I can't, they've changed the name over. It used to be the Staples Center, or the, not the, uh, the Staples um, Field or something else. Or, Arena? No, 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 not Staples. Uh, no. no, no, it was, um, um, uh, what's the big building uh, uh, supply? Um, Office Depot? No, no, the big buildings, not building supply, <laughs> oh, Office no. Supply. Office Depot? Orange one. What's the orange oh, one called? Home Depot. Home Depot, thank you. The Home Depot <laughs> That's Center. That's not Office Supply. So yeah, no, no. The Home Depot Center, and then they <laughs> changed another name, and now it's got a different corporate name. But anyway, so if we beat Costa Rica, we're in. We're in the Olympics. Did, when, when we Sinc can, as they like to yeah. say, we can punch our ticket. Right. Which is such an overused expression. Now, did when Sinclair uh, set the record with her yes. goal, apparently, uh, from what I was following on Twitter, there was like five people in the stands. I don't know. I don't remember which country she was in when this happened, but uh, they didn't come out to watch this uh, international match. Canada versus, I can't remember where no, they, they were. I think they're they, in South America, but I can't remember. They beat Jamaica 9-0. They beat uh, Belize 14-0 or something like that. They beat, oh, Mexico. They beat Mexico. But yeah, so she apparently she, she scored the... The goal that gave her the record, which is a big deal. Oh, no, that was in like a 9 nothing win over Jamaica, I think. Okay, there was like five people in the stands, apparently, according yeah. to the yeah. uh, experts. I yeah. Yeah. Well, listen. Not which is disappointing. It is. It's disappointing, definitely. Um, so, yeah, anyway, and if, you're, uh, if you recall, Canada beat uh, Costa Rica 5-1 in the 2016 Olympic qualifying tournament to book their trip to Rio. They didn't punch their ticket that day. They booked <laughs> their trip. Uh, right. And, of course, Canada won the bronze medal in the 2016 Olympics. Toronto yes. FC, these are the men, professionales, appear to be close to signing famed Argentine forward Pablo Piatti, a veteran of close to 300 games in the Spanish top soccer league, La Liga. The 30-year-old would end up being the team's third designated player after Josie Altador and Alejandro Pozuelo. TFC not screwing around here, Mike. They, they did go to the ML, uh, MLS Cup final last year. They lost. But uh, they're looking to bolster their roster as defending Eastern Conference champions and without Michael Bradley for several months. Okay, because of that uh, ankle surgery that he had to have, maybe maybe till June. So let's see what kind of a squad TFC has because the season starts like in February. It's like later this month. They're training out in California right now. They got some uh, friendlies out there, and then boom, season starts in I think in San Jose against the Earthquakes. Never liked that name. Never liked that nickname. Is it because it kills people? Never liked that nickname <laughs> at all. Never. I get it. Miami Hurricanes. I get it. Iowa State Cyclones. Yeah, what's the difference? I get it. Because it's natural you know, disaster. It's not like the Washington Bullets. You know what I mean? Yeah. But also, too, I mean, it's like, you know, how many weather, you know, if you had a team named the Thunderstorms, the Flood, right? Pestilence. Like, what? <laughs> Come on. The Earthquakes. No! I love this sport, you know, because I'm such a casual observer and I jump on bandwagons and stuff, but I've never heard of uh, Pablo Piatti. And now I'm like, uh, oh. He's, he's never heard of you either. <laughs> Pablo Piatti. Like 300 games in the, as a, you know, in the Spanish league, but like, yeah. 
You know, I have no for idea. I'd have Espan- to Google him. Espanol was the last team he played for. But anyway, so uh, listen. But have you heard of him before this news? Tell I, me the truth. No, I had not. Okay, I feel I, better now. I had not. I had not heard of him before. Pablo Pio. But I've heard of him now. I'm, I'm up on it now, thanks to Steve Buffery. Steve Buffery, uh, he's like, he's the major correspondent for the Sun for yeah. soccer. He gets all that soccer stuff, man. He's but embraced is, it. But the thing is, if you're going to write about TFC, you've got to write about the rest of the league, okay, which is hard, the Major League Soccer, because not a lot of people are interested in you know, these other teams. They're more interested in their favorite European or South American or international team. Right. Which is why Pablo Piatti uh, is not well known amongst MLS people, but he's certainly well known if you, if you are a follower of international right. soccer. So many leagues. Yeah. In tennis, the Canadian Fed Cup team became a major underdog in its tie against Switzerland when reigning U.S. Open champion Bianca Andreescu was not included in the singles matches at the draw ceremony yesterday. And then, then this morning, when it was announced that Jeannie Bouchard would not be uh, representing Canada in the second singles match of the day because of a wrist injury, all hell broke loose in Switzerland. We're playing the Swiss. We got... We got nothing. We got nobody. No depth on the We got no side. depth. We got Layla Ann Fernandez, who was, uh, she lost the first set. I don't know what happened in the second set, but uh, I mean, she's a kid. Uh, she's playing, I think, the number, f- let me think about this, number 41 player in the world. Um, she's like six, 17 or something. Layla, uh, Layla Ann Fernandez uh, is world 185, and she opened uh, against uh, number 68, Jill Teichman of uh, Switzerland and uh, Teichman won the first set. Don't know what happened in the second one. Uh, and so in the second one, it was supposed to be um, Jeannie Bouchard against uh, Benchich, who's the number five player in the world. <laughs> no chance there, but she's out. Jeannie's out. Right. She's 267th ranked, by the way. How far down can you go? You were a top 10 player. You have 267th. So she's out, and she was replaced by uh, Gabriella Dabrowski, who I wasn't even aware was a singles player. I knew she's a, I know she's a doubles specialist and a very good doubles player. Very good doubles player. She may team up with Bianca if, if needed for the doubles, um, which would be tomorrow. But anyway, we're, we don't look good here. We don't look good against the Swiss. Uh, and, and even so, on the opening, the opening of the broadcast this morning at 8 a.m., the opening, which was pre-taped, said, and Canada's going to depend on Leland Fernandez and Jeannie Bouchard. And then they come on live, and the first thing they say is, oh, breaking news, Jeannie Bouchard will not be playing. Well, if you knew that five seconds earlier, why did you run a taped opening? You know the pre- answer. Why did you run a pre-taped opening that said, and Jeannie, why wouldn't you just ab- 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 abort the pre-taped opening, right? Or at least keep the visuals in and change the voiceover, have the announcer, Caroline Cameron, go live and saying, and it was expected that Jeannie Bouchard would be there, but unfortunately we just got word that she's not. Instead of running it and then coming out and saying, oh, and we, you know, that, um, that's not true about Jeannie. She's not playing. We just found this out. But anyway, that's a television production thing. Hebsy, I have a, a little, I think it's a scoop, but you'll tell me if you already knew this. But yeah. I, So I, had, uh, I was chatting with Mark Rowe yesterday, who covers tennis for TSN. Yes. And the emergence of Bianca has mm. presented TSN with a little problem because, of course, they don't have the uh, woman ATP uh, rights. Uh, DAZN no, has don't. it. That's right. So apparently there's heavy negotiations ongoing as I speak. With uh, DAZN. Yeah, so TSN like They did last uh, year. Don't you remember they did the same no, thing last year? That's why I'm asking you. Uh, so they will they partner up and they they uh, TSN will air DAZN uh, Woman ATP property. Is it did they, did they do this last year? O- only when Bianca was playing in a big tournament. Remember, 
Remember, in, I think it was Indian Wells where it was like the zone had the rights. I thought every, Twitter. Like everyone thought was, on, yeah, it was Twitter. That but was it wasn't Twitter. TSN. No, like but this the, is different. Like TSN hasn't aired anything that DAZN owns with uh, regards to women's ATP. I don't right? believe so. I don't. I don't know. So if this is. Uh, this can, is they nego- uh, can they negotiate something? They are doing it right now. So uh, it sounds like a if announcement DAZN, imminent. If you're DAZN, how much money are you asking for those rights? I have really, no you want clue. To show them? And the other thing is, if you're TSN, are you now committed to every WTA event or only the ones that Bianca's involved in? Because the way it looks to me, Bianca's going to play about six matches this year. Oh, I hope not. Like well, a- I hope not too. But for crying out loud, it's been how long with the knee? And how, I mean, right. she's off a long period of time. But for guys like me. No, who, no, who, I, who, let me ask sorry. you that. But yes. let me ask you this. Yes. If I said to you, mm-hmm. Bianca's going to be in fantastic shape for all four majors, but in between? Oh, I, you're don't talking to the guy. To I only don't watch expect, majors. No, no, but I'm, no, but I'm telling you this. Don't <laughs> expect her to play. She's only going to be ready and fit for the majors. But she's I, not going to play Indian Wells. She's not going to play Keepis Kane. She's not going to play Toronto. She's going to be hurt for Toronto. She'd be injured I'll for Toronto. I'll take it anyways. I'll, I'm a majors guy. I, give, me, give me a healthy Bianca and the four majors, and uh, that's all I need well, for Well, TSN already has the four majors. You see, this is my point. They already have the four majors. Yes, but, she's, but she, you do know Bianca will compete in a non-major events in 2020. And in, if really? TSN can air when? them. It's not, really? Really? <laughs> when? Well, When is she going to play? Stay tuned. She's 19 years old, <laughs> and her injuries are this bad? This many months we're waiting for her to be... No, look, let me tell you this right now. I don't care, 19 or not. You're never 100%. Nobody, nobody is 100%. Not one person is 100%. Even though they might say, I'm feeling 100%. You're not. You're 90, whatever. But you're a tennis player. You've had nagging injuries through, your, through the time that you were 18 years of age, now into 19 years of age. You missed all the other majors. Didn't play Wimbledon. Uh, I think withdrew from the French, if I'm not mistaken. Did she get a match in at the French? Half a match or something like that? Whatever. I, I can't remember. It didn't play. But think about this. Huge, long, long gaps of not playing. As an 18-year-old. What, now your body's going to get better? The only way for it to get better is to rest. And then eventually, you got to go back out there and try to play. It's grinding. And if you got knee problems, look. You got left elbow problems and you're a right-hander, not so bad. You got left shoulder problems and you're a right-hander, not as big of a deal. You got knee problems and you're going to pound your way on courts, hard courts, right? Mm-hmm. Man, you know, clay season isn't for a while. It's easier well, on the knees. Tell TSN to cancel this partnership with DAZN because I mean, it I sounds like we're not going to see I, any Bianca I'm anyway. a subscriber to DAZN, so I t- and I told you last year, I watched all of her matches. I watched everything. Every single one, okay, before TSN went, oh, geez, maybe we should do something about this. Uh. <laughs> anyway, so. Breaking yeah, news, anyways. TSN to zone partnership is imminent. Well, let's, I mean, look, TSN should have gotten the rights in the first place because. Oh, they, know, yeah. If they had seen Bianca coming, it would have been a no-brainer, I think. Well, even, even not. I mean, if you're, you're either a supporter of tennis or you're not. But Canadians don't support. The problem is Canadians don't support tennis the way you do and others. Uh, Canadians only watch majors and maybe the rogers cup but that's it like canadians don't watch these uh, these indian wells events you're speaking for all canadians yes canadians canadians like most people like on mass obviously i mean are bandwagon jumpers they're for the most part bandwagon jumpers with tennis yes look we'll watch the spengler cup because it's hockey 
if Canada's in the final. No, no, but even so, well, they always are in the Spengler Cup anyway. Right? It's like a round robin, right? But think about this. Even the, fa- the f- close friends and family of players playing in the Spengler Cup, people will be watching, right? With tennis, what you're telling me is, you know, only friends and family of those who are actually like, you know, Bianca Andrescu or whatever would, would watch this, would have any interest in it. But, it, you know, it's, it's taking its time. Uh, in golf, BC's Nick Taylor fired an 800 par 63 in round one of the Monterey Peninsula course to take a two-shot lead at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. This is a PGA Tour event. Used to be uh, the Crosby Clambake. Bing Crosby, it was the Bing Crosby Pro-Am. These are amateur players playing with the pros for the first three rounds, and the top groups get to play on the final day at Pebble Beach. Okay? Takes forever. Takes like a seven-hour round. Nick Taylor of BC, your leader. The 31-year-old opened his day with an eagle and then played bogey-free the rest of the way, birdied his final two holes to create a two-shot gap in the field. Tiger Woods not entered in this event. Phil Mickelson shot 68. He's in a tie for 12th. Canadian Michael Gligich is tied for 74th. Adam Hadwin and Mackenzie Hughes tied for 116th. Dave Hearn in a tie for 132nd. But that's only after the first round. Any questions about Canadian golf now? Yeah, when are the majors? <laughs> well, the first one is the Masters, and that's in April. Okay. Tiger Woods, defending champion. That I remember. Right. I watched a- that. After that, in June, always on Father's Day weekend, is the U.S. Open. Right. Uh, of which Phil Mickelson wants uh, is uh, has been told that he could get an exemption, a sponsor's exemption. He's he's been the runner up six times there. He's never won the U.S. Open, but he says he will not accept the sponsor's exemption. He wants to earn his way there. Okay, cool. He doesn't want to be playing lousy golf and then an exemption and then shoots eighty three or whatever. He doesn't want that. Um, so Mickelson shot sixty eight tied for twelfth. Um, and so yeah, you got the, and then after the U.S. Open is the uh, British Open in July. And then in August is the PGA. Although, did they change the... No, they changed the date of the PGA. I think the PGA is earlier now. It used to be the fourth one, and it's in somewhere else. But anyway, those are the four uh, major events. Uh, and that's it for episode number 171 of Hebsey on Sports. Thanks to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. And listen to his awesome podcast, Toronto Mike, uh, of which to, you've had some sensational guests. Including Mark Hebsher several yeah, that times. That wasn't that good a show. The other ones you've done. The other ones you've done. And he kicks out the jams. The other ones you've done are much, much better. So check him out. Hope you enjoyed this show. If you did, tell your friends about us. As well, my book, The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of, is now available as an audio book. You don't know how many people, Mike, have said to me, I don't read books. Mm. If there's an, well, there's an audio book now. And guess who's the narrator? Yeah. I am. Listen to me tell the story. And by the way, makes a great Valentine's Day gift. Okay. And I'm talking about. People who enjoy good stories, not necessarily to read, but to listen to. So anybody out there who's Valentine, might be a sports fan, or just likes a good story, check it out. The audiobook, The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of. And uh, yeah, tell your friends about that. Tell your friends about the show. Enjoy the Leafs and the Raptors tonight and tennis and golf and the NBA All-Star Games next weekend. Discuss amongst yourself the trades in baseball and basketball, whether Pete Rose should not be banned for life for gambling because baseball is full of all these cheaters. All that stuff. Talk about it, and we'll get together again soon and discuss. Thanks for allowing us into your headspace. Back with another exciting episode shortly. Until then, have a great weekend. So long for now.
This podcast has been produced by TMDS and accelerated by Rome Phone. Rome Phone brings you the most reliable virtual phone service to run your business and protect your home number from unwanted calls. Visit romephone.ca to get started.